This is Dion Blumenrader with Big Hoss One Sauce, and you're listening to the best show on all things barbecue with my man, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? <laughs> You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before we met. Oh, listen, Lebrunius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We do things right here that talk about barbecue and grilling. If you missed the first hour, never fear. It's being recorded. You'll get it in podcast starting tomorrow. Hit me. Thursday, you'll get the second hour on podcast. And we'll talk about Friday here in just a second. Boing. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connecting to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or via the Bluetooths. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant, you're in luck because it's fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Now, uh, I did want to mention this because I think I have accidentally closed my original opens document. There is a piece of technology that I want to hip you to. And I need to go to the setup and go to the take. If you have an Alexa... And I would assume that this would also be good for the uh, dot, but I don't know that. But you would say Alexa with the dot. So if you have the Echo Dot or the big uh, cylindrical Echo or Alexa, whatever the hell it is, I have one in my kitchen area. It's a great room, whatever. It means everything's so goddamn loud when you're doing the dishes. You got to pause the television. You can't hear anything. It's such a great idea when you're building the house, but you don't realize how loud it's going to be. Anyway, if you have one of these, you can do this. Quickly, do it right now. Go over to your Alexa and say, Alexa, play the Barbecue Central Show on Apple Podcasts. Do you see what I'm saying? Alexa, play the Barbecue Central Show on Apple Podcasts. Then, somehow, through the magic of the World Wide Web's, Alexa and Apple Podcasts will connect wires from an internet sense. And the most recent episode, which is the uh, best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, which was posted this this past Friday, episode 102, I believe, will start playing just like that. You don't have to uh, you know, subscribe to anything or nothing like that. I want you to subscribe to the podcast, number one, first and foremost. However, if you have an Alexa and you're just around and you want to play the most recent one, all you have to do is say, Alexa, play the Barbecue Central show on Apple Podcasts. That's what you have to say. Now, you can also say, Alexa, play the Barbecue Central show from yesterday on Apple Podcasts. Then when it's playing, if you're like at minute 10 and I'm in the middle of a hype-ass rant and you're sick of it, all you have to say is, Alexa, skip ahead 30 seconds, and it will bump 30 seconds. You can also say, Alexa, play the previous episode. So if you go to the most, it will play the most recent one, you can systematically work backwards. If you're like, oh, I remember this show. This one really sucked. I want the previous one. Alexa, 
play the previous episode, but you have to be playing one in order to go the previous. Do you see what I'm saying? This is great technology. I am glad to have brought this service to you. I talked with uh, whoever makes Alexa, and I said, I would really appreciate it if you guys could hook me up with some technology that allowed Alexa and this Apple podcast, because I talked to the folks over there. They said, it's cool if you mesh it together, and there you go. And he said, no problem. They said, no problem. So if you don't think I'm being 100% forthright, just go to whatever Alexa unit you have. Make sure it's hooked up to the internet and say, Alexa, play the Barbecue Central Show podcast. Uh, or play the Alexa, <laughs> Alexa, play the Barbecue Central Show on Apple Podcasts. It'll work. So neat. Don't forget. On top of all of that, you can still follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, episode 103. Holy cripes. Back in January of 2014, the guy that stopped by the first hour of this show, Stephen Reichlin, was in, and we did a whole segment on what I termed weird meat. Hopefully I'm teasing you enough to where you're not hoping I give you more information than that because I'm not, but we talked about some weird meat. And then, because it's a John Solberg patented doubleheader, we spent the other portion of the show talking about winter grilling tips. I was still in my comeuppance stage of the show at that point. And while I still think it's probably wise to talk about winter grilling tips every year because we're continually gaining new listeners and some of my most savvy vets fall out and some of the rubes come on and they need to be in the know about fuel consumption and why charcoal is going to get eaten quicker in a cold weather environment than a warm weather environment, how the top of the grill is still freaking hot when you have the grill on so don't grab it with your bare hands because it's cold out. How you can take advantage of snow banks at your sides by jamming beer or pop or ginger beer bottles down into the snow banks as refrigerators and keep your meat at safe temperatures out there. All the great stuff. Come on. Got to look at that. So we did winter grilling tips. That will be in the feed on Friday morning for your listening pleasure. Here's an email. Because I don't know if you've understood anything about the show over your fandom, but I love to beat a dead horse. Love it. If I see a dead horse, and I'm not talking about horse meat 2019, soon to be 2020, and shirts will be made, and I will get them on Amazon for sale. So if you want to have the most recent year of let's get this horse meat thing going for crying out loud, then be on the lookout for that. But this is not a horse meat 2020 take. By the way, Diane Mee is very sad that she will have to instate another personal ban for the third year in a row on horse meat. Here's an email. Hey, Greg. First of all, Merry Christmas to you and your family. As for the Popeye's chicken sando, in short, whole lot of hype, not really that good. Andrew, you are not the Popeye. Not really that good. I'm picky, but honest in my reviews of food, I had the regular and spicy. The bread to meat ratio was high to the bread side. The bun was soggy, which I attribute to sitting in the sandwich bag too long. The seasoning was lacking. While the attempt at a crunchy crust was admirable, it was a bit of a dud. Or, as Baba Bowie would say, uh, it's a bit of a stumble. The mayo had melted into this oily liquid, which further compromised the bun's integrity overall. I'd put it at a three on a one to ten scale. Three. I won't go out of my way for another. However, if someone brought it to me, I'd eat it. Chick-fil-A wins this round to me. Take care and keep doing what you do. Jeff. Stone. Thank you, Jeff, for writing it. Appreciate that. 
Now I'm completely thrown off my game. I thought in between last week and this week, I would have succumbed to the peer pressure of Popeye's Chicken Eatery. And then I got that review from Jeff Stone, who I respect and trust. And I said, here's a guy that knows what he's talking about. You got these kooks running around like Jess Pryles, Daniel Vaughn, giving a Popeye's chicken sandwich, a fast food chicken sandwich, ratings of seven or better. And then you finally have somebody coming in and a reputable standard of Jeffrey Stone say, this is three out of ten. Well, my mind is all over the place now. I don't even know what to do. I feel somewhat vindicated and or justified in the fact that I have flatly refused to put chicken from Popeye's in my mouth and feel like if I say it's three or four, that there's going to be a wide percentage of you saying, well, even if it was good, you've positioned yourself at this point to not be able to rate it fairly. Or heaven forbid... I eat it, and it does go into that seven or above of the best things I've ever eaten. I could possibly never live with myself if that were the case. It appears I will not be eating Popeye's chicken sandwiches anytime soon. That's probably a good uh, embedded correspondent question for next week. What do we think about the Popeye's chicken sandwich? Will it be around in 2020? Good night. How could one man think like this? It was a barf. Amber Glanville coming up out of the break. I will talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. A couple different sizes for you to choose from if you want to put them on your deck or your patio. You have a Jimbui, which is the biggest one. You also have... The is this right? Yep. You also have the Daniel Boone, which is medium size. You have the classic line or the choice line is what it's called, which is what I have. You also have a prime line, a little bit bigger, more robust build, peeking windows on the main cooking chamber, pellet hopper, two internal meat probes, all that stuff. I believe yesterday ended the sale that they were running. It was a huge sale, by the way, so if you missed out on that, too bad for you. Now, if you want something a little bit more portable, Davy Crockett is more up your alley. It's got 12-volt technology, so if you don't have access to a traditional power outlet, you can use a 12-volt outlet in your car or adapter in your car. Power it up. You can take wood pellet-fired goodness with you. Fits in the back of trucks, vans, and SUVs. Totally portable. It's great. You'll love it. And you're not sacrificing a huge amount of capacity due to its portability. I mean, it's not as big as the Jim Bowie or the Daniel Boone, okay? But it's good to take, and it cooks a decent amount of food. You could probably get away with it in your muni lots, at your tailgates. GreenMountainGrills.com, that's the website. Pellets also, rubs also, accessories also, great stuff. Jason Baker of the game, uh, Jason Baker and the gang continuing to kill it across the country and globe with Green Mountain Grills. Amber Glanville of Pit Barrel Cooker. Coming up next, stick around. Be right back. Show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. If you're ready to commit, to the Committed Cooks program. Easy to do. Go on to smokinwithsmithfield.com and you can go ahead and get locked up. Some great swag. A little bit of a fee you got to pay there. But they will send you your box of goodies. Smokinwithsmithfield.com That's S-M-O-K-I-N Smokinwithsmithfield 
Hmm. That was rightly bizarre, I believe, is what they say. Try that again. Hey, my first guest in the second hour is making her first appearance as a guest on this show. Although we've had many conversations outside this landscape that may or may not have anything to do with Live Fire. I'm a big fan of their cookers, products, and tonight we catch up on business of 2019 and also look ahead to what might be cool in 2020. So let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome first-timer to the show, the vice president of Pit Barrel Cooker, Amber Glanville, joining me. Hey, Amber. Hey, Greg. How's it going? What's up, girl? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> is, that, is that what people do, right? That's what the kids do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, the kids do that. Yeah. Hey, thank Some you. Kids. Thank you, thank you for coming on tonight. I know it's kind of last minute that I dropped on you, so uh, appreciate you making the time. And uh, while we have had many conversations uh, amongst each other, uh, you haven't been on this show before, so I don't want to just blow over the uh, bit of background that we can get on you. Uh, did you have any type of like growing upness? That's not a word uh, that had any type of center around live fire, like your dad do any of that kind of stuff, or what was it like for you coming up? And, and where did you grow up? Um, yeah, so I grew up in California, both Noah and I did, um, we both grew up in small mountain towns, not really near each other, but, um, very similar backgrounds. Mm. Um, my, you know, my dad would grill pretty much every night in California, we would cook tri-tip and, but he would burn it and it was overdone. So I grew up eating overdone steak, overcooked everything. Mm. So, um, I, you know, when I met Noah, I, I learned to, to enjoy, you know, medium rare, rare meat, which is funny because I remember we went out to this really nice restaurant. Um, I think it was in Monterey, it was like the sardine factory or something. And they came to the table and they're like, how would you like your steak, ma'am? And I'm like, I'll take it, um, you know, well done. <laughs> and Noah's like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? That's, that's the way I eat my meat. I know. So, um, that's, that's kind of the way I was raised and. Mm. Now I've I've evolved as I've as I've grown up. Was that a quick thing for you? Because you know I'm I, I was in a situation when I met my wife that you know uh, I I love my in laws. I also take every opportunity to make fun of how their cooking processes were. They did something called uh, <laughs> did do something called the triple cook method. So for instance, if we were going to be doing chicken over there, they parboil the chicken. And by parboil, oh, I mean it's fully cooked in the boiling water. Then it hits the grill mm-hmm. for a little bit of uh, uh, grill flavor, and that's where also the Casey Masterpiece barbecue sauce is applied. And then it gets put on a platter, and then it's run through the microwave just to make sure that everything's <laughs> cooked. So getting her down you know, off of a well-done steak has taken literally 15 years to where at least if she sees pink, she doesn't start to go in a dead sweat panic. Was it a gradual turn for you, or were you pretty accepting? No, I mean, I would say it was probably gradual. I probably went from, like, well done to medium well, you know, and, and, and made my way down. Um, but it's funny, like, our boys will go to, you know, steakhouses, and they'll ask the boys what they'd like, and, of course, the boys order steak, and, and then, you know, they're, like, you know, medium rare, and they're like, whoa, your kids know how they like their meat cooked. You know, most <laughs> kids want, you know, well done, and I'm like, I know, and you know. You've had dinner with us plenty of times, yeah. so. Yeah, they they come up right. I'm surprised they're not asking for lamb instead of steak. I mean, if it wasn't for your boys, I never would have enjoyed what is now my favorite cut, which is a rack of lamb uh, this past March. It was like life-changing for me. You want to know a funny story about the lamb? So last night we did lamb, and we did three racks, and we had a friend in town, and Noah got home, and he said, how many racks do we have? I said, we have three racks. And he's like, <laughs> for all of us? And I'm like, I know. And he goes, well, don't we have any bread or anything that we can stuff the boys with right now? So if you go, Max and Easter are each going to have a rack by themselves. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, they are they are lovers of lamb, and they converted me instantly. And I think when you have a uh, a pit barrel as well, I remember Jess Pryles, when I told her I had lamb the first time and it was cooked on the pit barrel, she's like, oh, well, you had the perfect storm. You had you know good lamb, but it was also cooked on the pit barrel, which happens to be like one of the best ways that you can have lamb. So it yeah. seems I was a winner on both sides. Yes, you definitely were. All right, so let's talk about Pit Barrel Cooker. I mean, we all know the story of uh, whence it came and uh, the success that you guys have seen. And it hasn't, uh, I mean, it seems with any type of success that people are, are quickly 
uh, and easily able to discount it as, oh, well, they're just lucky or uh, you just kind of see it and you don't realize the work that has been going on in the background for years and years where nobody knew anything about it. And then all of a sudden here, it's like uh, one of the, uh, it's almost maybe the Kleenex of the, the barrel style cookers. You think of a barrel, you think of pit barrel cooker specifically. So uh, did you yeah. think in, in 2019 when you and Noah had started this company together that you fast forward to where we are today and you would see such an acceptance of a barrel style cooker and specifically the pit barrel? You know, I really didn't. Um, I mean, in all honesty, when, when we started the company, I, I looked at him like he was crazy and, um, and he is, I mean, anybody knows him crazy in a good way. I mean, he's, he's, you know, so hardworking and persistent and he makes things happen. And, and that's why, you know, I mean, obviously we have a great team here in Louisville, but, um, there's a reason why the company has grown like it has. Um, it's a phenomenal product. We have, you know, amazing customers who have, you know, and retailers that have been with us from day one. And I remember making those phone calls when we started. And it's so funny. I, I literally remember certain phone calls when I'm sitting in this, you know, bedroom that was an office and, you know, Easton was in a, in a jumpy thing in the corner and I'm trying to get him to be quiet because I'm trying to sell this product. And, you know, and it's funny because I, I remember calling people and they'd be like, what, what are you talking about? And I'm like, it's the pet barrel cooker. It's, you know, it, you hang on your meat in it and I'm trying to explain it. And they're like, they, you know, but there were certain ones that said, you know, we want to try it. And they've been retailers of ours since day one. Um, and it is funny because as we, you know, as we grow and we have sales staff and, you know, I'm, I, I train them and, and talk with them, I share with them all of my stories from, you know, back in the day. And, um, there's a lot of funny ones, believe me. So you had mentioned that you are now headquartered out of Louisville and, you know, there was a little bit of a progression where, you know, maybe there was warehousing or shipping done outside of the state, but, you know, over the course of, has it been like 16 months or 24 months or so, you've kind of brought everything into the home base of Louisville, Kentucky at this point. What kind of a process has that been like? And are you now, because you're uh, all centered in one area, is it something where you're constantly hiring people now and it's like a, a great yeah. change, but also a, a whole bunch of new hurdles that you were now having to overcome. It is. It is. I mean, it's both. Um, it's It's been great. You know, unfortunately, you know, there were some circumstances out of our control dealing with third-party logistics, um, and we couldn't allow that to happen anymore. And, and Noah and I knew that we needed to, at that point, um, bring it back in-house. And so we purchased a warehouse, and, um, you know, we have large office space, large warehouse, um, you know, we hired quite a few people in the last year. I mean, we purchased the warehouse in January, uh, started shipping out of there. And you know, I think it was May. Um, and it's just, it's been awesome. It's been great. And I was, I'll be honest, I was a little leery at first to, to kind of do that again. And, um, but it, it has been great. And we've, you know, we've, um, we've come a long way just in the last year, I'd say. One of the things that we saw happen this year was the Pit Barrel Jr. coming back. So uh, correct me where my time frames are falling off or, or are inaccurate. Pit Barrel comes out, then the smaller Pit Barrel. Was that released for like a short period of time, then it was pulled back, or was it talked about and, and never really retailed, and now it's back out again? How does that whole Genesis well, operate? it was launched, and then um, we sold out of it, and this was a couple of years ago. And then um, we relaunched it, and um, and that was just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that, I mean, it's an awesome, it's such a phenomenal, you know, smaller version, tailgater version. That was the intention for that product. Um, it's also great for, you know, couples and, and people that, you know, have small families um, and small spaces. So it's it's going really well. There is an associated contest that I had uh, also made a earlier post on my Instagram account that was, I think, initially uh, associated with Pit Barrel Jr., but we didn't want to leave the Pit Barrel Cooker uh, original guys and gals off, too. So uh, talk to me a little bit about, uh, A, why the competition is being extended and what people need to do in order to, to take part. Because we're talking you know, about real-life cash here to win. And last time I checked, everybody loves cash, everybody. Love everybody cash. loves cash. Love and cash. It's, and, it's, and it's the holidays. They love cash for the holidays. So, right. um, yeah, so we're, we're doing a photo contest. And originally it was, um, you know, take a picture of your pit barrel junior in an awesome place. You know, it was called the PBJ No Boundaries Contest. 
and we wanted you to take the pit barrel to the beach or the lake or wherever you may take it and shoot a quick photo of it and, you know, hashtag PBJ No Boundaries um, and then also join the Barrelution and just tag the company on whatever social feed. Um, so we had that going and then we just decided to extend it until next Monday. So it'll end on 12:23. And originally we were just going to do Pit Barrel Junior customers or Pit Barrel Junior fans and owners. And we have opened it up to Pit Barrel Cooker owners as well. Hmm. We didn't want to exclude anybody. Um, there's a lot of people that have the Pit Barrel Cooker and, and may not have the Junior yet. So um, it's a really awesome contest. Like you said, we're giving out $1,000 for first place, 500 for second, and 250 for third. I'm not asking you to tell people how to win, but are there things that <laughs> you guys are looking for? I mean, is there composition that needs to be taken into account and, and lighting? I mean, we don't want crappy pictures, right? You're exactly right. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, you know, we want just just good photos. I mean, it's amazing these photos that you're seeing. I mean, you know, on social media these days. Oh, yeah. Um, iPhones. I mean, all these phones take phenomenal photos. You don't have to be a photographer. I mean, there's amazing stuff that comes out. So really it's, 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 you know, not a food photo, not food hanging in the pit barrel, but we want like the pit barrel or the pit barrel junior with a phenomenal like scenery where you're just looking at it and you're like in awe. Hmm. I like it. Maybe I'm going to get Does into this. Sense? I might take my pit barrel cooker you know? up to the top of terminal tower and snap some pictures of the backdrop. That's exactly what I'm asking for. That's what we want to see, Greg. All right. Or, or run it down to the 50-yard line in the Factory of Sadness, better known as Cleveland Brown Stadium, and get a picture of <laughs> the only winning thing that happens to be going on in Cleveland Stadium is my pit barrel at the 50-yard That's exactly right. Wow. Yes. All right. So Perfect. that's going until next Monday. So if you have a pit barrel junior or a pit barrel cooker, go ahead and uh, get on that. You have until next Monday. $1,000 for first place. I mean, come on. Who doesn't need that money? Yep. Now, the other we'll thing, send it, we'll send it to you. Yeah, we'll send it to you fast. You'll have it for the holidays. So. All right, perfect. Um, now, the other thing that I like about the pit barrel cooker and the junior is the fact that you have a lot of great and relevant accessories. I think some some companies can kind of get uh, bogged down with the fact that okay, we have some cookers here, but now we're just going to go crazy on the accessories and they become a little tchotchke ish or they're not really that useful or perhaps they're poor quality. And you guys have seemed to really carve a niche, not only with the cookers, but you're not offering an abundance of accessories, but the ones that you're offering are quality and they help with efficiency and cooking and they're just really good stuff and they add value to the cooker that, oh, by the way, happens to be a really great value too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. But it's true. It's like the turkey hanger, you know, that is awesome for Thanksgiving. Um, You can also use it for chicken. Ash pan's awesome for cleanup. Uh, and yeah, when I when customers ask, you know, what accessories do I need to get? I'm like, you need every single one. Right. <laughs> you have to get them all. I mean, so. I like specifically the knives. Uh, I, I When I'm talking to people or when people are consulting me, oh, you know, I got to get my husband or my wife, maybe the wife is the, the live fire cook in the family. You know, what should I be getting? You know, I always say, well, you got to get a thermometer. You got to. And then we start talking about cookers and then we start talking about knives you got to have a really great knife. And you guys launched these uh, this knife. There was a carving set that had the fork and the mm-hmm. knife. And then you had separated out just the carving knife itself. And this thing can cut your finger off easily because it's that sharp. But it is super nice. The quality is great. It's got a nice heft to it. How are these things selling? Because it's, it's probably my favorite accessory that you guys are selling. Yeah. The, <clears throat> excuse me. The knives are doing really well. Um, especially during the holidays, it's a great, it's a great gift. Um, they've, they, they've done, they've done really well. And, you know, we always have new accessories and different things on the horizon. Um, I have a lot of things in my head that we, I mean, you just get so busy with everyday business, you know, but, um, another thing that we are going to be coming out with, um, soon, you know, I will say is a larger model similar to a 55 gallon. Um, that's something that we've been talking about and, and that is something that is in the works. Is that an exclusive? <laughs> it was. Wow, we thank I know, you. Holy I know. Yeah, Fifty. You're welcome. So is it is it going to be is it fifty or or fifty five or somewhere in between? You know, you have to be determined. Similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things you know that that we're working on. Um, you know, price is one of them. We haven't um, we haven't established a price yet. Um, 
but that is something that we are coming out with. So is it just feedback from the customers over and over again saying, hey, we want a bigger model, we want a bit, or we love the original, but we want something even bigger? How does that determination come? Or is it just market research from what you see existing out there and saying, hey, we can we can do that, but maybe do it better? You know, I think all of the above. Um, you know, we, you know, most of our customers are the everyday backyard, you know, guy or gal. And there's a lot of people in competition that are starting to use, um, you know, drum cookers, pit barrels. And, um, you know, some of them need more space. Um, you know, as you know, in competition, uh, how, I mean, have you done competition before? Oh, I, I would say, as you know, I would, I, don't know. I would never do competition. <laughs> no way. Now I love talking oh God, to people that do it. I would never do it. There's just no way. No, you know what? We're going to do a competition together. I'm going to force you. I mean, there's just no way that's going to happen, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I think, you know, as far as competition is concerned, um, I think that'll be a great model for, for that in particular realm. All right. Uh, and so that we'll, we'll say that's a 2020 offering to be determined. Correct, Amundo. All right. Uh, last thing I want to talk to you about, and I appreciate the time tonight, is the NBBQA. That's going to be in Louisville this year. I think it's the first weekend in April, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I had seen Noah at the one in Fort Worth like two years ago, I think it was, and he was kind of like flying through and did a talk, blah, blah, blah. looked really good. And uh, this year, since it's like in your backyard, uh, is there anything uh, exceptional or additional that you guys are going to be uh, helping out with or taking part in? There, there, there are a few things. So, yes, it's held in Louisville. Obviously, we're based in Louisville, and it's. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of classes held at one place. And then towards the end of the week, um, I think Friday and Saturday, we're going to do, uh, I think there's two state cook-off association um, uh, deals that we're doing. And then I think there's a whole hog class. So, um, yes, we're going to host those at Pitbull headquarters. It's going to be awesome. We're totally excited. All right. So if you're going to be around that area, grab the tickets and uh, people will also get to see your facility as kind of, uh, you know, like an added value and see what the whole pit barrel experience is like. Yeah, we can give them a tour and, um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. And when, when they had reached out and said that it was going to be in Louisville, we were just like, oh, that'd be awesome to to take part and, and help out um, with that. Yeah, good synergies. We're talking with Amber Glanville, Vice President of Pit Barrel Cooker, the website pitbarrelcooker.com. Uh, don't forget about the contest that's going through next Monday, so make sure you're on that if you want to win some cold, hard cash that will make it to your hands before Christmas. And uh, Amber, really appreciate the time this evening. Uh, please pass all my well wishes to your boys and uh, Noah and everybody else out there at Pit Barrel. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Happy holidays to everybody. You got it. There she is, the vice president of Pit Barrel Cooker, Amber Glanville. And uh, we had breaking news. A barbecue right? central show exclusive news update. Yeah, we did. Breaking news desk in Cleveland, Ohio. Pit Barrel Cooker is going to be coming out with some kind of a 50, 55, or in that realm cooker. A bigger cooker than the current traditional Pit Barrel Cooker. Well, let's all start brainstorming names so we can enter them in and we'll run our own contest and charge them additional money. <laughs> the Pit Barrel Cooker XL. Uh... Join the pit barrel Lucian with the Excel, or something along these lines. Get your hands on a pit barrel cooker today, XL. Now that would have been a lot more impressive if I could have worked the mute buttons a little bit better. Are you ready to step up your pit barrel game? Get the XL today. Just trying out my new radio voice. Hey, that was Amber Glanville. From Pit Barrel Cooker. Attention folks in the business of barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. 
offering premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow-smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S., from food trucks to multi-chain restaurants. Southside Sausage can be on your menu, too. All meats are processed in their on-site USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on food quality and authenticity. Wholesale options available, shipping nationwide via FedEx, food service distribution channels like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods can do it as well. Co-packaging capable, right? From research and development to package completion, they can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand new from scratch. Private label opportunities are also available. That's really neat. You can use all of the Southside Market and Barbecue products slap your logo and packaging on them and resell them as barbecue central brisket or barbecue central beef sausage but it's really made by Southside Market because they know what they're doing private label see yes if you're going to shop online southsidemarket.com do yourself a favor send 10% or save 10% off each order by using the code BBQ Central. That's B-B-Q-C-E-N-T-R-A-L, all one word, lowercase, BBQ Central, and you get 10% off each order at southsidemarket.com. The first order, yes. The 741st order, yes. It's good each and every time. Save the 10. BBQ Central is the code. We are back with Dion Blumenraider. From Big Hoss One Sauce. See how the year's ending up. Smoking Joe wants me to say something in the big voice. Try my salty chocolate nuts. That's what you wanted me to say. Try my salty chocolate nuts. Sweaty Balls doesn't want any of that. Sweaty ball sack doesn't want any of that. <laughs> Pete Sweaty doesn't want any of that. All right, we're back with Dion. Stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Smoke Sheet. It's a free weekly newsletter that keeps you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world, created by Ryan Cooper and Sean Ludwig. Go to bbqnewsletter.com. A great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. Have you subbed up yet? You got to sub up. All right, helping me close it out tonight is the topic of the 2019 Barbecue Central Show documentary. I have heard through rumored circles that this might be up for some type of documentary award. And yes, I am kidding. We're tracking the progress. And now, through actual release of the Big Hoss One Sauce, we welcome back friend of show and the creator of One Sauce, Dion Blumenreiter. Hey, Dion. Hey, how you doing, Greg? I'm fabulous, my pal. And here we go. We are... Uh, ending 2019, and uh, this is the, uh, let's call it the final quarter report. So as you would remember, all the way back in the first quarter of 2019, we were talking about getting this bad boy off the ground and uh, hurdles you were running into and having to overcome things you were learning. It was the learning process, right? I mean, you were pretty much starting from the ground up. So before we uh, do an evaluation of where we're ending 2019, as you look back through the last 11 months, uh, what kind of a, a high-level process has this been for you? And uh, more importantly, if we were to turn around and do it all again from scratch next year, knowing what you know now, would you do it? 
I think I would, um, but boy, would I think differently. Um, this has been, or this has been a huge learning experience for me. What are the biggest things that you would look to change or wish you would have known? Because that was the other idea of this whole process was to be able to document what you were going through. So in case somebody else had this bright idea of bringing their sauce to market, uh, we could go back and reference this and say, okay, well, here's what Dion said about these few things, and he wasn't too satisfied, or he would have changed this or that to make it easier, and, and that's how they're going to implement. So uh, what are some of those things that you would do differently right off the bat? One of the biggest things I think I would have done differently is, is a larger test sample, um, expand it out and get, gather more opinions um, from just uh, other than just our friends and family and find out if there really was a demand or could be a demand for, for the product that I was putting out there. Um, I wish I would have done a larger test sample because it's, it's, you know, it, not everybody's going to like it. And that's what I've kind of found out. You're talking to your friends and family and they all say, Oh yeah, it's wonderful. You got to put this tomorrow. This is great. You got to do this. <laughs> yeah, nobody's reaching into there. their wallet and, uh, and fishing out fives yeah. and twenties and thousands though, to help you uh, finance that deal. Are they Dean? Yes, exactly right. And, Bastards. and, and I've, I've had a blast doing it, it, but it's been put on the back burner right now. And, and, and I talked to you before about it. My biggest stumbling block that I run into that I never, not knowing anything about the sauce business, I wasn't going to know about this, but when you, when you take a sauce to market and you have to build in a shelf life into your product, um, that's what we found out with, with our sauce is it drastically changed the flavor of, of what I was trying to put out there. And when we went to packaging with it, I, I wasn't happy with what, what come out of that, that packing. Hmm. How, what kind of a change in flavor did you think it, it brought to it? So, I mean, as someone who knows in your mind, what the right one sauce is supposed to taste like after it gets through whatever shelf stability things they have to put in it, how did it change or, or where does it change on the palate? Uh, originally, uh, when I come up with one sauce, uh, and the thing that everybody liked about it was it, it was, it was unique. It was different. Um, but it was sweet. Um, I, I never set out to have a vinegar based sauce or, or a tangy sauce like that. Mine was a sweet sauce because barbecue sauces or, or sauces that are popular tend to be sweet. People mm -hmm. like sweet. So I had that. That's, that's what I was running with. And when we went to packaging, we had to put in so much of preservatives to build a shelf life into it, which I understand that's how this is done. Now I know anyway that it changed the flavor and all of a sudden it took my sauce and made it into a, uh, a tangy or a vinegary mm. sauce. And that's never what I intended that to be. I didn't, I, I didn't like what it had become um, when we got done with the final product. It, so is there a way, and I'm sure you've had conversations with the co-packer. I, I guess there's multiple different questions. This is great uh, that we're going to get into the weeds on this. Can you have a conversation with the co-packer who is telling you, you know, you need to build in a certain amount of, of shelf stability here? Is that merely because between the time they package it and then it gets shipped to a store and then maybe there's a, a thought or, or some type of a, of a model to say, uh, regardless of what sauce it is that's going to sit on a shelf for X amount of time, you need to have that built in as, a, as some kind of a safety window? Or can you tell this guy, hey, F you. I don't want any preservatives. It's going to change the way it tastes, or maybe we didn't know that up front. And I want to sell it just like this, and if it has to come off the shelves quicker, then so be it, but I don't want to sacrifice that. Yeah, that was a that was an option, and we talked about that, but the, and the only way to get around it would have been refrigeration. Uh, my, my sauce would have had to have been in a refrigerated aisle. Um, which would have been a whole different set of problems as far as, as logistics and, and, and getting it out there and, and 
transportation and it it was going to be that would that would have taken me off into a direction I w- just don't have the time to do. Mm. So I needed to stick with the the 9 to 12 months shelf life process, but I don't want to do it the way we did it. Um there are other ways. Um I've been busy um at home here with our farming and I haven't had time to do the research that I need to, but I'm going to find a way to pH balance this sauce that doesn't change the flavor of it. Um, I'm going to figure out how to do that. Is there no other way to do it or, or, or is there nothing else that you can add? So let's say you keep it the way it is now. There's nothing that you can add into it as one extra ingredient to get to the flavor profile you want? We think there is. Uh, oh. We think we can we can play around with what my ingredients already are. We think we can play around with the ratios of it and and increase increase the acidity in it with what's already in it. But we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do test sample after test sample and try these different ratios. And again, there it comes back to sampling. Everyone's gonna have to tell us, yeah, that's what the one sauce. That's what it tasted like. Yeah. And it's gonna take a long time to get to that point. Um, but I I am going to work on that. I, I me and, and my friend that went down there with me, we. We, we brainstormed all the way back from Colorado after that trip because my head was hanging low because I really wasn't happy with what we come home with. He was telling me, oh, it's going to be okay. We we can just do this. Or, or he was trying to convince me, oh, people are probably going to like this better. Well, uh. some people did. A lot of people told me they did, and a lot of people didn't. And in the end, I'm the one that wasn't happy with it, and I'm not going to push a product or put a product out there that I personally ain't happy with, and I wasn't. All right, so we have some work to do as we uh, press into next year whenever that happens. As you said, this has uh, become a, a bit of a back burner project because you have real job farming stuff to do. But what are we looking at from at the end of the year? Uh, you know, we're all in, in expense. You have the product. Have, how much have you sold, and where are we at now between uh, a full expense layout and recapturing any kind of money to recover some expense? We haven't. Uh, I've sold very little of it. In fact, we went about, we went down there with an intention of making a 200-gallon batch, and I ended up only coming home or doing a 50-gallon batch, which I'm glad I did because I Otherwise, I would have really been stuck with a lot of this stuff that was going to be hard for me to sell because, uh, first off, it's hard for me to sell something I don't like, and I'm not going to sit there and try to lie to people and tell them, you need to buy this, it's wonderful, because I don't really believe in it. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad I did cut it back, and that trimmed a lot of my expenses off. So I'm still, I'm I'm below 10000 but I'm still pushing it. I'm at, like, $7,500 $7,500 that I've got invested in this. And then that's enough money invested in it that I can't, I can't just drop this. Right. I have to keep pushing it and see where the end is going to be. And if I keep running into brick walls and I can't go any further, at least I'll know I tried and I did the best I could. But right now, um, that's about what I've got invested in it. Uh, where, if uh, I mean, are there are places they can go. Uh, there's some people in the chat room that are asking about: it. Is there a website or, or somewhere where they could inquire about grabbing a couple bottles just to see if it's up their taste profile? I don't. I don't have any of that stuff done yet either. Because when we got back with the product, I thought, well, I can't push this. I don't. I don't want to open up a, a chain of uh, or an, an avenue for people to buy this because I don't really want to push it yet. I sent it out to, to, to you and I sent it out to the embedded correspondence. I wanted everyone's opinions, um, from, and, and that's all over the, the U S. So I got a lot of good, uh, feedback from everybody. Um, I'm going to use that, but as far as putting it out there and selling it yet, I, I just don't want to, I, I don't want that to be your representation of what one sauce tastes like. I want it to be what I believe in, to be what you taste. 
Uh, so where are we going to pick up next year? Are we uh, Do we want to agree here right now that we'll uh, continue to do quarterly reports, or uh, do, do you think that this, this back burner might become uh, extinguished at some point? No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quitting. Um, the only thing, the, the, the boring details of the farming is that we've had a wetter year here than we've ever had my entire life. So the farming is, is been drug out all summer long and we're still harvesting corn oh, wow. and will be till the middle of January. It looks like it's, huh? it's a slow process. But we've got a, we've got early snowfalls and that makes everything difficult. So my focus is getting the, the crop out of the field and then I'm going to focus back on one sauce. So I would love, if you, if you would have me, I would love to keep informing you of the process. Oh yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is great stuff. As I said, uh, you know, we get to hear a lot of insider stuff that people aren't willing, you know, the, the thing that I think sticks out to most of me, uh, the most to me in this conversation is, and it's one thing that I've said time and time again, whether it's, having family over and they're eating your free barbecue that they're giving you. And, and maybe you do it every week or a couple times a month, or you make a homemade sauce. I make a homemade sauce. Everybody tells me it's just the best thing ever. And I should put it on the mark. And I say, you know what? Fuck you. Because yeah. it's, you can say that to me, but you're not going to help me. Right. I mean, you're encouraging me, but when it comes to put down Benjamins on the table, those are going to be my Benjamins. And that's something that I just don't want to get caught up on. So I, I continue yeah. not to do it, but there's, there has to be people like you, Dion, that decide that you have a belief, you you know that you can do it. If it's right and it's something you can believe in, that you can actually make a go of it. And I think that's uh, extremely admirable. We need to have those risk takers out there in order to continue to push the sauce agenda and the sauce envelope. And I think that's what you're doing. And I mean, who knows? The, stu- the stuff that you have now could fit into a completely different demographic or somebody could get a hold of it and try it on something and all of a sudden... It's being used in a completely different way, and then you get the one sauce going the way you want it, and now you have two different avenues when you thought the first one blew up in your face. So we'd never know what time and distance is going to show up with us, but the fact that you're coming on here and helping us with all these questions that a lot of people would have if they're going to market is certainly appreciated here by this show, and I'm happy to have you back uh, once a quarter next year so we can track your business. I'd, I'd love that. I, I can't say enough, Greg, for everything you've done for me. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. And I've had, I'm having a really good time with this. All right. Well, uh, this is Dion Blumenrader, the creator of Big Hoss One Sauce. Uh, Dion, have a great holiday, and we will talk to you again next year. You also, Greg. We'll talk to you later. All right. There he is, Dion Blumenrader, everybody. Yeah, that's right. Big Hoss One Sauce. Oh, that's it breaks my heart. It's backburnered. Thank God. Can you imagine if you had 200 gallons of something? Here's what I think. What's most admirable about the whole deal is, you know, if it were me being a businessman and having skin in the game, I would still try to figure out a way to pedal. And he's like, I can't. I can't do that because it's not my sauce. It's not what I like. It's not how I envision it. So I'm not going to sell it to somebody. I mean, could, would it be the worst vacillating proposition ever that if he happened to get it in front of somebody that saw it in this completely different way that I'm talking about and all of a sudden it became this monstrous success and then you have poor Dion over here going, oh my God, now I'm making 10,000 gallons of this sauce a month and I hate it. This isn't my sauce, but it's selling like hot. What a terrible, vacillating situation that would be. Or maybe if he's selling 10000 after the second month, he'd get over that. Hey, I got a song to play for you when we come back. Stick around. Be right back. Whole Packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. And because I have a show historian at my fingertips, I am able to produce for you... 
because, uh, oh, by the way, programming note, there will be a live show next week. It will be not only that, folks, it will be two hours of embedded correspondence. That's right. We will close out the year in grand, spectacular fashion. I'm sure there will be uh, not even one free minute left, so let me do this while I can. I had mentioned the uh, 12 days of barbecue. Okay. The 12 days of barbecue Christmas. Uh, This was from a date that I don't remember right off the top of my head. My kids were very young. We were in our old house. The guys from Hot Grill on Grill Action are getting credited with lyrics. However, the singing, and I use that term very loosely, and the music is all Barbecue Central show. So I give to you for your listening pleasure the 12 days of Barbecue Christmas. To you. Hmm. That's weird. Something just happened? All right, we'll try that again. Actually, I'll just go ahead and download this bad boy right quick onto the desktop. I do want to replace it. Thank you. Which means it was somewhere. Let me unveil to you the Centralites, the 12 days of barbecue Christmas. Lyrics credited to, of course, the uh, guys over at Hot Grill on Grill Action. So, ladies, you ready to, to rock and roll here? The first day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me a case of cold Coors Light. On the second day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me two chimney starters and a case of cold Coors Light. On the third day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the fourth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me four packs for sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the fifth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me five Weber bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the sixth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me six thermometers probing, five Weber bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the seventh day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me seven coal bags burning, six thermometers probing, five wet Weber bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors On the eighth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me eight ring ring, seven coal bags burning, <laughs> six thermometers probing, five wet Four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the tenth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice spraying, seven Colbacks burning, six thermometers from... Oh, I messed up. Four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Ten. On the tenth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice springs, seven coal bags burning, six thermometers probing, five Weber bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors On the eleventh day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me eleven butters melting, ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice spraying, seven coal bags burning, six thermometers probing, five weather bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors on the twelfth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me twelve spices blending, eleven butters melting, ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice springs, seven cobacks burning, six thermometers probing, eight four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold cores. Yeah! Wow, we. How about that? 12 days of barbecue Christmas brought to you by your friends at Hot Grill on Grill Action. 
I think like five years ago, they solicited to me to uh, replay that. And now it's kind of become a yearly Christmas holiday type song. We go back to the 12 days of barbecue Christmas. That was sung, as you could probably not believe, live on the show. Believe it or not, live on the show. One take Charlie right there. A classic song for the ages as we get ready for the last show of the year coming up on Christmas Eve. That's right. I'm going to make the time. The embedded correspondents are going to make the time. So you better make the time as well. All the way back in the first hour, Stephen Reichlin, BarbecueBible.com, Robin Lindars, GrillGirl.com. Second hour, Amber Glanville, pitbarrelcooker.com, and Dion Blumenrader, Big Hoss, One Sauce. Closing it out with 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas. If you want a copy of 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas, and I don't know why you would, email me, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. I am happy to help you out in that regard and kick you the file. Make sure you give proper credit to Hot Grill on Grill Action on the lyrics right. And me and my daughters on the singing. All right, we'll see you back here on Christmas Eve for a special Embedded Correspondence Edition, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud US American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Meat Mitch, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Bob! Oh.